He's Christian. He's Jimmer. This is two PTs and a bag, and a bag of chips. What? We have a real bag of chips. We have a real bag with chips again. Yeah, no, uh, no, no joke like, chips. No joke chips. No yeah. stuff that blows your eardrums or makes you eat rice. Yeah, one of my patients this week was incredibly upset with us about those <laughs> that, that chip was, review. They're his favorite chips. That was amazing. And he ate them just like he, he enjoyed them. He came in it. and just yeah, ate them like he ate potato chips. I mean, he just crushed them. Good Loved for it. it. Good for him. So very, very impressive work on his part. Hey, don't forget to congratulate your brothers. Yeah. So both my brothers, or I have three brothers, but two of them had birthdays this past week. I should have said it last episode, but I forgot. So happy birthday, Jamie, March 3rd. Happy birthday, Willem, March 7th. Van harte gefeliciteerd, jongens. Big 4-0 for, for Willem. Ooh. Yeah. That's the beginning of the end. Is that the end for him? It's a, it's a steep downhill slide from that point. Oh, God. Yeah. He better have somebody there to stop him. To stop the slide? Yeah. Well, he was hanging off of a cliff on uh, on his birthday. There you have it. So that it, it, he had a rope there. Does that stop the slide? Does that help? That, yeah, that would help. That would be assistance. That would, that would count. Well, that's good. Today we are going to go over sciatica, and we are going to be reviewing the Colby seaweed and salt flavored potato chips. Interesting um, international product. Very international. Company is based in Japan. Japan. Chips are made in Hong Kong. By a Chinese company. And then distributed through Texas. It's fascinating. Yeah. Anyway, seaweed and salt, potato chips. Looking forward to that. Instead of ghost pepper, jalapeno, rice cracker stuff. Yeah. I just needed to get that off my chest. I'm good now. Off the chest. Yep. So sciatica. Sciatica. Typically, people have uh, low back pain and then pain into the buttocks. Pain can extend as far as the knee or even the foot following the path of the sciatic nerve distribution. Nervus sciaticus. Uh, we will show some photos this week, definitely on the Instagram and Twitter for that, so so pay attention there if you're not quite sure. Uh, this affects pretty much men and women fairly equally. It, it doesn't particularly have a, a huge age range where it's really prevalent. You kind of see it across the the age ranges. Something that crops up sometimes in um, during pregnancy. Pregnancy. Pregnancy is an interesting one, and we'll get a little bit more specific on that a little bit later. Uh, the biggest cause for this one, a herniated disc or, or nerve root irritation or compression. And so some imaging can be helpful. It doesn't tell you the whole story, as always. So if you have sciatic symptoms and they take an MRI or an X-ray and they see something going on there, don't panic. Don't freak out. Chances of that having just shown up are, are pretty darn low. Uh, occasionally there can be some trauma, and, and you can have something that occurs as a result of that trauma. But a lot of the times this is something that is non-irritable for an incredibly long period of time, and then something happens, and then uh, then you have symptoms. We could probably do a whole episode on MRI and imaging, right? Yeah, it's, on the, we'll it's save, on the docket for later. We'll save that from some later yeah, time. We'll get that yeah, later. Real, real quick, there's... There's this thing called double crush syndrome, which means that if you have irritation of a nerve anywhere in your body, but it's not irritable enough to cause symptoms, and then all of a sudden you get a second irritation on that nerve, that can create a magnified problem. And so sometimes you'll see that where you may have some disc irritation already in your lower back causing irritation of the sciatic nerve, and it's not causing any symptoms. And then all of a sudden you create a second irritation somewhere else. One of the more common areas would be in the center of the buttocks at a piriformis. And then all of a sudden you get this you know, sharp shooting pain that starts 
what feels to be out of the blue. So, but there could be some underlying history there already. So when Christian said, you know, the MRI will show something, that, that something may have been there for a long time and you may have been asymptomatic and may not have been contributing or causing any symptoms. Yeah. Uh, other things that much less common but do sometimes occur, you'll see some stenosis, potentially a, a tumor or some other space-occupying lesion that can be a, a fracture or a bone spur or something along those lines, which is pretty rare. And then, like we mentioned already, pregnancy or just other gynecological issues have been found to be fairly frequent with sciatic irritation. In those cases, pregnancy, it's, it's typically right-sided, which is interesting as well. So there, there's usually something going on there because it's about 80% right-sided during pregnancy, which is a pretty interesting statistic, I think. I wonder if that's because 80% of the population is right-handed. Yeah, maybe. Who knows? They, I don't even know if that statistic is true. Yeah. Study-wise, study they just constantly report basically right-sided sciatic symptoms in in women that are pregnant so hmm. that would be an, that would be a fascinating study yeah so that one's interesting because we could be comparing apples and oranges there right yeah yeah uh we will also be talking about piriformis syndrome today so piriformis like jimmer mentioned is is basically a muscle in your buttocks it kind of helps move your your hip but the reason it's interesting is because the sciatic nerve and the piriformis can have a pretty interesting relationship i Tra thought you were going to say the piriformis moves your buttocks I was just waiting for that. No, go ahead. The relationship is either the piriformis and the sciatic nerve run past each other, no, no problem, like, like they're supposed to. You can also have the sciatic nerve run through the piriformis, and that can be a bit of an issue. So now, basically, every time that that muscle contracts, you're also pulling on that nerve very directly. And in those cases, you'll see individuals that have pretty consistent chronic sciatic nerve irritation, what we call piriformis syndrome. That can, in many cases, be treated with, you know, non-surgical intervention. In bad cases, they will go in and surgically essentially change the relationship between those two. And that's not very common. And no, surgery is very uncommon. Sciatic is one of those things that comes and goes on its own regardless of whether or not there's any medical intervention. The, the trick is to find out what, what triggers it and see if you can prevent that from happening in the future because just like with low back pain, it's something that comes and goes. A lot of times when it comes, it's absolutely miserable and people will do anything to get rid of it. And as soon as they get rid of it, they forget that there were some exercises or posture issues or things that can help movement things that they could, that they could work on. Certainly. And um, that goes by to... Wayside. I was going to say hayside. Hayside's good, too. The hayside's probably not proper. Not not, in, not English. No, not British. Yeah. Not proper British. Yeah. So statistically speaking, 80% plus of people with symptoms fully resolve without any surgical intervention or anything like that. Indications for surgery, in, in my opinion, are more related to if you start to have muscle wasting. So muscles in your, your legs or in the distribution start to atrophy significantly. That's a pretty good indication that that nerve is significantly impinged or irritated and you're no longer getting typical activation of those muscles. That's, that's, that's really bad. That's, that's the point of no return, right? So if you get that much compression on the nerve and it's affecting circulation, it's affecting nutrition to that nerve, those are, those are sometimes irreversible processes that have to be addressed. And yeah, muscle wasting is one of the more common ones. Persistent numbness that doesn't go away or that becomes progressively worse 
And then there's your your classic bowel and bladder issues. But those are pretty rare. Those are pretty rare. Yeah, yeah, total or, or near total loss of sensation in a, in an area that correlates with the distribution of a specific nerve will also benefit from surgical surgery. Uh, surgical success for pain, basically at one and two years follow-up between people that had surgery and those that did not have surgery, they were statistically exactly the same. So uh, there is some possibility for early relief with surgery, but, you know, long-term, there's a long-term one year, so intermediate term, I'd even call that, really no, no indication whatsoever to have surgery just because there's pain. There's another podcast there for you, lower back surgeries and success rate. Yeah. Those we're are gonna, we're not gonna touch on that today, but that, that would be that would be another good one. That's a big, big area. The other uh, interventions that we see that are that are beneficial, uh, like a cortisone epidural injection is is pretty common in these and also pretty telling. If the cortisone works, it usually is a really good indication that your symptoms are a result of inflammation and not from any kind of mechanical issue. So, uh, you know, whether you have a disc herniation or not, whether you have anything else space occupying in there, the, the inflammation is causing your symptoms. And essentially what happens is inflammation is an irritant by itself. When it's sitting on a nerve, it's going to irritate that nerve and you're going to get symptoms along that nerve. When you have a cortisone injection, cortisone is an anti-inflammatory. It's going to knock all that inflammation down. And if it works and your symptoms reduce significantly, then we know inflammation was your irritant and your cause for problems. And then the trick comes to find out what was causing that inflammation. Was it the disc or was it something else? Was it postural? Was it because you spent four days traveling in your car through the U.S., so you spend a lot of time sitting? Uh, So there's all kinds of other issues that can contribute to that. But yeah, the inflammation is gone, pain is gone. We know that there is something triggering an inflammatory process around that nerve, and that's what we need to address long term. In a lot of these particular cases, we we tend to see sort of movement patterning that is not highly beneficial to the individual dealing with the symptoms. A lot of times what we'll see is basically increased activation of the lumbar paraspinals, which are the muscles that sit left and right of your spine, and those will fire first or too often, resulting in basically a lot of compression on the spine and then irritation comes. For individuals who do that all the time, they can be quite practiced at it and and be very strong and capable, but at a certain point you can do something, whether it's traveling, whether it's lifting that one chair in place, whether it's picking up your glasses after you drop them on the floor, the proverbial straw that broke the camel's back situation Ooh, the is, camel a, thing. Is, a, is a pretty frequent story we'll hear related to sciatica and the, the start of sciatica symptoms. One of my favorite ones is the wallet syndrome. Ah, wallet's a good one. Usually happens with guys who carry a big wallet, put it in their back pocket, and then sit on it. And if you do that long enough and often enough, that can create enough compression around that piriformis and sciatic nerve area that it causes irritation, so it causes your leg to go numb or fall asleep or creates pain. Very easily resolved. Move the wallet to the front pocket. Yeah. You can be a hero when you have a patient who has severe leg pain and numbness and tingling, and all you suggest is move your wallet, and he's cured. Pretty good one. Yeah. Oh, that's the simple version of sciatica. I mean, every case is going to be different. Again, there's a there's a fair amount of 
just making sure that symptoms are acute and that they get resolved relatively quickly. It's another good reason to stop by a local physical therapist. If you start developing pain in your buttock, pain down your leg, and you want to have an assessment, try to figure out what is causing that, what is contributing to it, go see your local diagnostician. What do you think of that? Oh, I love that idea. That's a phenomenal piece of advice. You're welcome. It is now trivia time. <clears throat> yes, the, the, the million dollar, million dollar, million inhabitant, inhabitant city. So the first, so the question is, what was the first city to reach one million inhabitants? That was a really good one. We, had, we got one correct answer this week. Obviously, it was our good friend, Dr. Mike Pascoe. Way to go, Dr. Mike. My uh, other brother, Nickel, who I haven't mentioned, not a birthday this, this week. He guessed Mesopotamia. It was a good guess, but unfortunately... It was wrong. Yeah, good guesses don't... I mean, they're, they're good. They don't count. Correct guesses count. Yeah, so the crazy thing is Rome hit a million inhabitants almost 2,000 years before anyone else. It's pretty impressive. Or, or recorded. Anyone else could record that. So Rome's occurred in, uh, I think, 310 B.C. And then the next recorded city was London in uh, 18... 60 or 1870. Somewhere along that line, yeah. So uh, quite quite a big gap there. Way to go, Rome. So new question this week. In honor of daylight savings, which it is today, so make sure you uh, spring forward, guys. Ooh. Uh, which two U.S. states have their own time zones? That's a good one. I know this one, so I'm not going to say it. That's good because then, that would defeat then the it purpose. it really be trivia right. if you just tell them. Yeah. Yep. All right. Chip time. Yay. So we have the Colby Seaweed and Salt Flavored Potato Chip. Compliments once again from good friend Steve Covisto. Steve. Shout out to Steve. Steve I wasn't going to do the shout out. Steve gave us like eight bags, so we're working through those. Steve rocks. Yeah. Uh, chip to ratio, 50%. Uh, the chip is a, it's a good looking chip. It's got some specks on it. I'm, I'm assuming that's seaweed. I think it's seaweed. Look how big that one chip is. I'm taking this crinkly one. Down the hatch. Oh, seaweed right away. Yeah, yeah. That's um, that's more seaweed than I expected. Not the crispiest chip. I'm sort of surprised, yeah. actually. Very thin. The seaweed's good. I like it. I like it. Yeah. Oh. It complements it well. It's not overly salty. Nope. I don't know if this one will fit. It fit. No. It did. No. Yeah. It needed an extra finger. It almost fit. It was close. Flavor. Flavor is good. Yeah. It's almost um a little sweet. I think the seaweed can, yeah, the seaweed is definitely... I'm liking it. Yeah, the seaweed's good. You go first, because I went last week while you were still trying to catch your breath yeah, and wipe I was the having, tears from your eyes. I was eyes. having a bit of a struggle there last week. This chip, crispiness-wise, it's, it's a little low, I think. A little low on the crispy scale. So I'm, I'm going to give it a one, a one thumb today. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. I mean, flavor-wise, it's good. would have been nice if it was a little more, a little more crispy or, or, or a little thicker. They're kind of thin. Yeah. Which, you know, more power to them because that makes it feel like there's a big bag of chips, but they're all really thin. Really thin. All right, guys. Thanks for listening today. Next week, we're going to be going over abdominal wall. Abdominal wall. What is core? Functional core training. These are all questions we received on our uh, sign-up board question, what would you like answered? So we're going to actually go ahead and tackle another one of these questions here. Uh, we're also going to be reviewing the Trader Giorgio's oven-baked cheese bites. Compliments of Kathleen Parker. Yes. If you like the show, tell a friend, follow, review, subscribe, all that for, sort of fun stuff. If you're looking for information about us or, or this topic, 
check out our website, reboundclinic.com. Uh, follow us on Instagram and Twitter throughout the week, please. We always love that very much. Ask us questions if you need. But he's Jimmer. I'm Christian. Thanks for listening.